0: You Found It, the show where you can be the listener and the guest. And it starts right now.
1: Welcome to You Are The Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now, here's your program host, Bill Grady.
0: Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number seven of You Are the Guest, the show where we get to talk to everyday people just like you and me. And today's guest he is all the way from London, England. Please welcome Lee to the show. Lee, how are you? I'm doing good, and yourself? I'm doing very well. What What part of London do you live in?
2: Uh live in the East End. I was brought up um what's known in London as a cockney boy. Um not aware of your listeners are aware of this, but it's it's they're known as rhyming slangs like apple and pears means stairs or pie mash means cash.
0: So you've got uh, almost your own different lingo from yeah, me? A different language. Okay. Well, tell me about uh, what's an everyday life like for you there.
2: Um, an everyday life like for me here is usually 14 hours spent looking at a laptop screen, um, answering emails, trying to sort out of business plans, financials, find a management, find management teams, um, all on behalf of an up-and-coming project that I'm working on.
0: Can you talk about that project?
2: Uh, I can a little bit. It's to do with podcasting. Um, podcasting kind of stems from the old RSS, which obviously means really simple syndication, but it seems like people have forgot the really simple part. So it's taking podcasting or anything that's wrapped in an RSS 2.0 enclosure feed and making it easy for the end user to, to use basically.
0: So how did you get involved with podcasting?
2: I got involved with podcasting back in August last year when I was just finishing up my stay, eight-month stay in the States, um, over in at Houston, it was, in Texas. And um, I'd been, the contract I had with the company that sent me over there was terminated after about six weeks. So me being me, decided to stay for a hell of a lot longer. And obviously, with a lot of spare time, means you can spend a lot of time playing around on the web probably too much time if you ask the fiance, but we won't go that way. And um, I, you know, I started getting interested in this whole blogging, RSS, XML, OPML type stuff. And then I kind of, I suppose, just somehow latched on to podcasting, um, probably thanks to Dave, Dave Weiner. And then I, I, I suppose I've just followed it from there, trying to figure out ways of exploiting it and coming up with new ways of delivering content being the content being podcasts and just going from there, really. And you know, since, all, well, since August, it's nearly been 12 months, I suppose, that I've been kind of working on this project. Um, so, what's that? 12 months times 12 hours a day means a hell of a lot of time for me. And uh, yeah, podcasting, I think the reason why I like it is it's. <laughs> It's a new way, it's a new, new medium, it's a new way of communicating, especially, I suppose, for brands. It's a new, it's a new way for them to communicate with, their, with the consumer market, be it their, their target market or their target audience. So it first started off working with brands and trying to exploit podcasting in a way that could target their demographics and their target audience in a way that's never been done before. And, of course, podcasting at the moment is uber cool, and it's the in thing. So things like, you know, a lot, a lot of people
0: are, are latching onto to it. And and because it's new, it's also has a, a creative part of it that people are really starting to develop the media as it goes along.
2: Correct. Correct. I mean, you just have to, you know, look at various podcast directories nowadays to see the, the amount of different stuff that's out there. It is amazing. I mean, obviously the most, the infamous one, it has to be the Tap Dancing Weather Girl, which was featured in, on the likes of CNN and all over the place. Um, but it allows people, anybody like me and you, to, to generate our own content, have our, express our opinions and you know, potentially have them heard by thousands of people around the world. It, it's, it's similar to, obviously, to, to web blogs and chat forums and things like that that it allows me and you to take the content wherever we want, so we don't have to be staring at a laptop 24 hours a day.
0: Exactly. And when people have asked me about podcasting, I always tell them that it is the cheapest way to have your own radio station.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, when people ask me, and and I apologize off the bat for using the expletive, but it's a way for people to get their shit heard. They have something to say. Everybody has something to say. Everybody has an opinion. And it's a way of that opinion being heard in, in places where they never thought possible.
0: It does bring a lot of diversity to it. And along with the diversity, it also brings out that creativity that we talked about. And But it also brings out the inspiration. So besides Dave Weiner, who else were, were inspiring uh, you to, to do your show?
2: Um, obviously, listening to Adam Curry and things, you know, listening to Adam, you know, I, I, he he inspired, um, he's inspired me a, a lot. And pretty much most of the faces well, no one on the web at the moment in the in the podcasting community. I had a bit of help from the beginning by from uh, the likes of Drew Domkos, from the Dawn and Drew show, uh, various help here and there. And we was on we were featured on Radio One, which is a national. Uh, uh brought to us by the bbc bbc radio one and they said you know that dawn and drew inspired us to as brits to do it um, which which was wrong because we were not inspired by them but dawn and drew are inspiring um but i'm the type of guy that if i if i like the sound of something i'll i'll give it a go um which is probably why I end up spending 14 hours a day on the computer or whatever, because I'm giving
0: too much a go. So you're really trusting your ears at this point?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: So what's been your biggest surprise from when you started to where you are today about podcasting?
2: The, the fact that the likes of General Motors, the VP of General Motors, and brands and are beginning to use podcasting is is it's what people are obviously call in web 2.0 but what's what's so different is obviously that everyone's kind of got their heads screwed on today as opposed to what it was like back five six years ago in the dot-com days um and there's a there's, there's a lot of money flying around the web at the moment various buyouts and all sorts you can just look at Flickr, who was bought by yahoo myspace was bought by rupert murdoch um, Podshow received $9 million in funding. It's, it, uh, the web is the way forward. I don't think the web is anywhere near where it could be in, say, five, ten years' time. But once, it's pretty hard as well because obviously we're in 2005 now. Yet trying to find an internet connection or wireless internet connection anywhere around London or, and I know this is the same pretty much in the States as well. still pretty goddamn hard you know you think in today's modern world that you getting access to the internet would not be difficult at all i've seen the states like philadelphia and states like that who are supposedly pumping 20 million 20 30 million dollars into providing a wi-fi wide city um but the web is the way forward and being able to access all your digital content on one or two portable media devices is the way forward not only for brands but also for individuals and the consumers as well Um, because at the end of the day everybody wants an easy life and everybody wants to make money and podcasting and video casting and things like that I nearly gave away what my project was but things like that it's, it is the way forward. And, you know, everybody wants an easy life. So if I can walk around and, you know, watch my latest TV program or keep up to date with the latest soccer scores or listen to the latest podcast or the latest, um, you know, yeah, the latest podcast, then I, I'm, I'm going to use it.
0: And that's what the, the, the media is, is driven by is really, uh, supply and demand and, and, People can find just about anything that they want through podcasting, i found.
2: Correct. And that's why the likes of CNN and Fox and Warner Brothers and Time Warner, everybody's now, you know, trying to dip their toes into podcasting because they know that in a few years' time, they're going to be losing viewers. They're going to be, you know, the numbers are going to be down. The money's going to be down. And, uh, yeah, it's good to see that for once, brands have kind of sat up and listened to something and uh you know and finally paid attention because you know back in the old days you know like i said five or six years ago they probably wouldn't listen wouldn't have, you know lent an ear to what's going on um if podcasting was around back then of course they wouldn't have paid any attention now i think it it, it, we're back, you know, we're, it's allowing consumers to take back their media. And um, it's exciting to be a part of.
0: Very much so.
2: And hopefully I'll make a lot of money from it and become very successful and retire and live happily ever after.
0: God bless you. Tell me about the story of the day. What's What seems to be the news story of the day over there in London?
2: Uh, the cricket one of the stories of the day although the hurricane Katrina has been on the news all day today but it still seems to have been outplayed by the uh, cricket obviously England have got a chance to to win the fifth test at uh, Oval tomorrow which starts tomorrow and for the first time in 18 years win the Ashes test Um, uh, there's been some good great cricket being played and I'm not even a cricket fan which is and it just seems to be grabbing everybody's attention around the United Kingdom it's it, 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 it's quite weird because all they're doing is playing you know like, like soccer they're playing a game a sports game or a sports match but because you know one you know somebody like the BBC will pick up on it and you know somebody will have a good game all of a sudden it's you know cricket is the next big thing and so cricket is the story today and England have got a chance to take back the ashes after 18 years against Australia, which is quite bizarre because it's a game that we apparently invented and we're no good at it. So to all of a sudden become a good at a game that we invented would be, would be pretty, pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. So tell me what's life been like after the London bombings?
2: Um, pretty shitty <laughs> to say the least. I'm still, you know, I don't, pretend tends to be some hard case. But even for me, somebody like me getting on the tube is still every now and then a bit, you know, mm, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll just get a taxi instead. I did find myself spending a hell of a lot of cash on uh, cab rides and taxi fares because, you know, it was, it was nerve-wracking. And what was even more nerve-wracking for somebody like me and the fiancé was that the On July 7th, the bombings that happened over at Liverpool Street was near, close to where we're based, where we work. But we also live near Canary Wharf, which is kind of like the financial district for the UK. You know, you've got HSBC, you've got a lot of big brands who've moved their headquarters to there. And uh, we were unsure, obviously, you know, what would be next and all sorts. So life has still not resumed or got back to normal since. The July bombings. Um, it was good to see that you know various individuals are one either in call or two those that are responsible have kind of perished in those bombings. Um, but it's it's a bit difficult because you know we we as being from London and have been for like the last 22 years or whatever 23 sorry, yeah I think I forgot how old I was. Um, growing up in a place like London and seeing it just get worse and worse as time's gone on, and now we're in a state of, you know, high alert and things like that, it's, it's, for me as a Londoner all my life, it's not a, pl- a nice place to be in at the moment. And if I had an opportunity to, to move or to get out of the U.K., then I would. But again, that's just my opinion.
0: So what are people around you saying about the, the police shooting, about the young man from Brazil? Um, Do they have an opinion?
2: They have an opinion, and the opinions are always along the lines of, you know, damn the police, you know, it was wrong what they did. But you, you kind of my, my answer to that is, has always been, you know, imagine what must have been going through their head at the time. You know, their city's under attack, and they're trying to protect the city. And, you know, mistakes happen. And it's like what Surrey and Blair said, you know, the police commissioner. You know, it was a mistake that happened, but you've also got to bear in mind that 52 people lost their lives. Now, I, did, I wasn't affected directly. I didn't lose anybody directly in those bombings, but I have two close friends who both lost work colleagues in those bombings. And it, it kind of still brought a tear to my eye at the time. And uh, I was walking around London at one point, and uh, the bus that had been blown up drove was driven past. And I kind of, I just stopped, I just froze, and my heart started pounding, and kind of my gut just kind of sunk. It was, it was bizarre. Um, But I suppose life goes on. There's there's not much that we can do apart from, you know, trust the government, which is probably not a good thing. Um, But That's what we can do. Be a bit more vigilant.
0: So what are people saying about the war in Iraq?
2: I don't really speak to that many people that have have an opinion on that. People just kind of... Nobody, to be honest, nobody really has an opinion because everyone just gets on with their day-to-day life. Um, those that I've spoken to that do have their opinion, some support Tony Blair's decision and some obviously disagree with it. And obviously we had the uh, G8 summit not long ago. Um but I, I kind of, on one hand, I agree that, you know, the reason why we're still there, because we can't really just pull out during a war. We can't just say, you know, let's, let's get out. But on the other hand, I, I, I still find it hard to see why we were there in the first place. Obviously, it had something to do with the atrocities of 9-11. Um, but, I don't know, it, it, that, that's just life. Shit happens and we, we just have to deal with it, I suppose. It's obviously heartbreaking for those parents that have sons, daughters, relatives that are still over there and, you know, sadly losing their lives. But at least they can go to bed thinking that their son or their daughter or their relative, you know, played a part in trying to, to protect millions around the world. Not many people can stand up and say that they've done that. Or not many relatives can stand up and say, "You know, they lost a relative trying to save millions of lives." Those, those those people do. They literally have balls of steel. Even if they're not male, they're females. They still have balls of steel.
0: Here's the the final five questions here before we go ahead and do the Ask Bill three segment. What's the best or the worst thing about living in London?
2: The the worst thing about living in London is. The ongoing crap with the Iraqis and the war and the bombings. That has to be the worst thing about living in London. Not knowing whether, not being able to get on a train safely and think, not even have to worry about, you know, oh, is this train going to get blown up? Is that guy with Iraq a rock sack a terrorist? Living in fear is the worst thing about living in London.
0: What's the best thing?
2: The kebabs. The food.
0: What's your favorite restaurant?
2: Uh, I was at a restaurant the other day with a couple of folks from the BBC, and it has to be a Turkish restaurant, kebab restaurant, called uh, Taz Fedin. F-I-R-I-N. It probably has to be one of my favorite restaurants.
0: How can you spot a tourist? What gives them away?
2: Uh, The shorts, the Czech shirt. And a big SLR digital camera wrapped around their neck, with a map in their hand.
0: What's your favorite TV program in London? Lost. And what's the biggest misconception about Britain?
2: We talk. I'm not even going to attempt to do the impression, but we we all talk posh. We have that England's got that, or the British have that stereotypical British voice that you see in. Many,
0: many movies. It's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I turn the tables over to you, and you can ask me three questions about anything. So, Lee, go right ahead. Anything? Can I ask you anything?
2: You can ask me anything. We did. What got you involved in podcasting, Bill?
0: What got me involved in podcasting was, uh, it was actually a a meeting at uh, a statewide broadcaster's convention. They were talking about, podcasting and they were talking about streaming and i kind of thought to myself that that sounds kind of interesting so as i got into it uh, i found out that there wasn't a lot of music on uh, many of the podcasts so i thought oh well there's a niche i'll do lots of music i'll do a music show so i put the show together and uh before i i i started putting it out i ran it past a uh a broadcasting attorney and says no 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 you can't do that because of the fact that you need all the clearances and everything for it. It's not like just you know, like broadcast where you can buy BMI, ASCAP and CSAC and just be done with it. So I said, Well, I'll, I'll call all these companies. I, I can talk to anybody. Of course they wouldn't return my calls, and so then it was uh, well, do I scrap the project or do I be creative and think of something else? So I kept racking my brain and said, Well, you know, what about just talking to average people finding about their opinions and giving them a platform to share their opinions and views so that's how i got involved in it
2: excellent and where would you how far would you like to or where would you like to see your show in say five years time
0: i see the program getting big enough where it can support itself financially so that's where i want to go
2: and where do what are your views on advertising in podcasting because a lot of people are obviously turning off on tv and radio because of commercials um do you feel that uh advertising within podcasts is is the way forward for the likes of me and you to to earn some bucks
0: oh absolutely here because part of my job uh since i've left radio has been helping businesses with sales and marketing Where people are turned off by advertising isn't so much advertising itself, it is the number of advertisements. For example, in cable television in the U.S., the average cable TV throws out 28 units of commercials an hour. And so people aren't so much turned off by the advertising themselves, especially if it's something that talks to them, but they are turned off about the number of of units that are just thrown at them so i think if podcasting can control the unit and do something like what public television is is doing with which is bring it into the program and not just overwhelm people then i think that that advertising has a very viable place in podcasting and i'd like to say our show will be embracing advertising and not ashamed of it
2: no damn i thought we had it pretty crappy here in the UK when we get just three minutes of commercials. But I I, I just brought back a memory from when I was in the States and yeah, having to sit like through five, ten minutes worth of commercial breaks was a bit bit of a heartache or a headache.
0: Lee, do you want to give a a quick promo for your show and tell people where they can uh, tune in and download your show?
2: Yeah, everybody can tune into the Jenny and Lee show at showcom or you can do a iTunes search under the, the Jenny and Lee show or you can in fact it'd be easier and quicker if you search for Jenny because she seems to be the only Jenny in the podcast iTunes section um, we podcast from the heart of East London and we just talk about the things that interest us be that technology, news whether it be Jenny shopping or the dogs or Anything and everything that interests me and the fiance, and it's about our lives.
0: I've listened to the show and I love it too. So uh, I certainly encourage everybody to uh, tune into the show and you'll enjoy it just like I do. Thank you very much. Lee, thank you for being a part of our show of You Are the Guest, and best of luck to you and your show. Thank you for having me.
1: If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show.
0: Wrapping up our show are two songs from the Podsafe Music Network, and here are two bands that deserve to be heard by everyone. From Wisconsin, we have a band called Lorenzo's Music with a song titled I'm Doing Fine. But first, from Texas, here is Common Ground with their song Marigold. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
3: Second has been I'll just play it by you. Overstocked buffet of your evil ways. Yes, liquor will be served. And how's everybody been?
0: Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.